Welcome to Elevate Your Life and Soul. I'm your host, Marla Kennedy, life coach, mama, and spiritual soul seeker. Each week, this podcast will bring you interviews, stories, and mentoring so you can truly know your value, know your worth, and elevate all areas of your life. Let's rise together. Welcome to episode 13. In today's episode, I interview Carrie Azuma. Carrie is one of my coaches. She is amazing. Her program, The Integrated Woman, is a program for mamas, and I am so blessed and grateful to be a part of it and just be supported by her. So I'm so excited to share this episode with you. Carrie empowers mothers to live their legacy and lead. She's an embodied leader, a coach, a mum, activating mums to step into their leadership. Leadership, sorry. And in this episode, we talk about fearlessly living your rawest truth. It's such a great episode. So let's jump in. Hi, Carrie. Thank you so much for being here today. How are you? My pleasure, Mala. I'm doing pretty well today. I, it's my uh, work day, which I get twice a week because I'm a busy mom and I love working and I love doing podcasts and I love talking to you. So it's, it's a good day. Amazing. Um, <laughs> and before we get in, I'd just love to ask you, how do you like to start your day? Oh, good question. Well, it depends what day. So like, you know, something I love about how motherhood makes you efficient and of course, I will be talking a lot about motherhood because that's my jam in life. It's what I do as a coach. So um, every day for me has to be different because I have so many things on the docket with such efficiency of time that I've literally collated what my weekly needs are. And every day, every day I have to switch them and every week I have to switch them. So every day is different. But the one thing that I keep consistent is I sleep in. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> it's the only time my husband is really like fully on mm-hmm. as the main parent. So that's a gift that my husband gives me every morning. Yeah. And I snuggle my kid and then my husband will run in and we'll snuggle my kids. Um, and then we will just have a very mundane beautiful family morning you know like I'll make my I make hot water with lemon and I have a little ritual around blessing my water that's something I do every single day Mm -hmm. um because I think water is 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 like the god uh (laughs) of of our existence because it's life and so I appreciate it every day and I do I do lately I've been doing my practices that you know about because you've been working with me on those practices. Yeah. Um so I do centering, I do attention training practices. Um but those are the those are like literally the most consistent things is waking up, snuggling my kids, drinking my hot water and blessing it and doing those practices. And then every other day is different. It might be an appointment, it might be yoga, it might be working, it might be eating breakfast and watching some crap TV that just like I love and that I never get to watch (laughs) (laughs) it really depends so that's my answer oh I love that I um I'm the opposite I'm a big sleep early riser so I I wish I love it I just love getting up early (laughs) I don't know why I 
I've always wanted to be a morning person. I am so not. I mean, like I can get 11 hours of sleep. And if someone wakes me up at 6 a.m., I'm just like, oh my God, I'm so tired. (laughs) (laughs) It's rough. Yeah. Um, So what compelled you to become a coach? Oh, wow. Well, I mean, the work itself. And it was a very specific body of work. This was, oh dear, 11 years ago when I was 27. (laughs) Jeez. Mm -hmm. Um, No, no, no. No, no, no. It wasn't 11 years ago. It was 10 years ago. No, no, 11 years ago. Sorry, I was 27. I did a vision fast, a vision quest, which is uh, fasting in the wilderness for three days and three nights. It's a rites of passage ceremony that my dad had done when I was 16. And um, I always knew I wanted to do it. And for some reason at 27, I was called to do it. And I went out on this really epic journey and was completely changed. And I, when we do this journey, we come back to our community and we share it. And the women hold circle and listen to our stories and reflect them. And I was one of two groups that went out that year, which was very rare. It's usually just one group per year. And the second group that came out, I got to hear their stories because I had just fasted before them. And um, this one woman who I fell in love with immediately has been a great friend ever since. She was like, Carrie, you would love this work by this man named Scott Cody. And he has a program called the Art of Leadership Mastery. And I think that you in particular would just adore this work. And then she proceeded to tell me that it costs $10,000 to join this program. And I like laughed in her face at the time. Like, $10,000, what do you think? Like what? Like I'm a millionaire. Like I can't afford $10,000. You know, I had no idea about coaching and like the investments and all the things. Um, so I kind of like shrugged it off. And then the next year she invited me to her graduation. And it's not really like, you know, like landmarking or landmark that like you go to graduation to kind of get sold to get in. It's not really like that. It's kind of like we would go just to support them and witness them on their completion of their journey. And when I saw these people speak about their journey in that course, I just knew like, I have to do this. Like whatever these people did, whatever Kool-Aid they drink, like I got to have some of this. And so I went up to the man who led it, Scott Cody. And I said, I'm going to do this. Like, I really want to do it. And he's like, great. And he kind of like, didn't really pay that much attention to me. And then um, I remember just like writing him a letter and saying, I don't know how I'm going to afford this, but you know, I was like making 50 grand a year as like a program administrator at the time. Yeah. And, um, and I wrote him letters. I, I asked him how I could make it happen. And he was actually so inspired by my commitment to, to like fuel this work yeah. that he ended up um, really working with me and like helping me figure out how to produce money through my work. They gave me a scholarship through my work. I, I worked off some of it. He gave me a scholarship also. And then I paid a lot of money over a long time. Wow, <laughs> um, amazing. Yeah. And as soon as I did this program, it broke me open. It was embodied leadership. So it was about how you can form your mind, body, and spirit to literally be a living representation of what you're committed to in your life. Mm. And he taught me everything I know about commitment and leadership. And I was, I was so in love with his program. It was a six month program and um, it was all in person. And 
which is rare these days. Mm -hmm. And that, that course at the end, I asked if he would be my mentor. Cause I said, this is the work I want to do for the rest of my life. Like I'm, I can't believe how changed I am. And, and I feel like this is the one thing that I've been looking for, you know, as far as mm -hmm. purpose goes. And so he agreed and he agreed to be my mentor. And, and I did that program three more times to, to just be a master, you know, mm -hmm. like practice mastery in that work. And then I coached it when I was pregnant. And, um, and then when I had my son, that was sort of a whole new chapter in my call as a coach. And that's when I kind of actually turned all of my attention to working with mothers. So um, it's still everything I teach to this day is from Scott and, and I love him and he's the most incredible coach and such an incredible man. And he taught that program for NASA for like nine years, won awards wow. and, and he brought it to the, to like the, the regular people, you know, and I got to yes. do it and I feel really honored that I got to do it that many times and then I got to work mm -hmm. under him. So that's how I fell in love with it with in this amazing. program, with this work, with this man. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. So amazing. And so what is your mission? Um, well, simply put, it's um, I'm, I'm a commitment to a legacy of empowered moms leading the next seven generations. You know, I think we're in this this time where we're all looking at how can we basically save ourselves from extinction. Yeah, <laughs> you know, the world is like really interesting right now, like such a precarious place, and we all came here at this time to be at the precipice of like where are we going as a human race and it, you know mm. are we what are we up to what challenges are we up to and how can we be leaders to really you know preserve preserve ourselves like at the end of the day mm. um and the way I kind of see myself saving the world quote unquote in my own doing and being is by really supporting the whole matrilineal power system <laughs> basically mm -hmm. like how I'm in such a deep study of how matriarchy and motherhood can be a space that is so empowered that that level of nurturance that we can tap into and the joy and the peacefulness and the wonder we can feel in the growth of motherhood can be translated into how we actually treat each other and this planet and how our children are raised in a good way where we don't experience as much trauma and like our nervous systems aren't as taxed and we're actually putting presence above productivity and all these different things. And so this mission is also just to like support, support mothers in the culture that has not provided a lot of village or a support for what it takes to be in a postnatal state. Like, we don't have the mental health, the physical well-being, all of the vitality that is actually needed for us to evolve um, in our in our vision of what motherhood can look like. And so I'm really like a in my own mind a revolutionary around like how this can be held and how we can really support women moving forward in more powerful ways in their mothering. Mm, beautiful. And I've never experienced um seeing any other people doing the work that like you're doing it and it's been already you know working with you has been so transformational and supportive for me it's just Thanks beautiful work and so important um and so what does fearlessly living in your raw truth mean to you well you know a, a while back I did this uh 
this course with Alexi Panos, which maybe some of the listeners know who that is. She's an incredible leader and a good friend of mine. And um, she's asked this really profound question about our business, which is really who we are. You know, like I was, was always told like our career isn't like this thing out there called our career. It's actually just who we're being in our community and how we're viewed based on how we're showing up, you know? Mm-hmm. And so she asked like, what are the top three values that you have in your business? And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, I never really answered this question for myself. And what I came up with was raw truth, community and fun. The fun part I'm still working on <laughs> in all areas of my life. Like I'm such a Scorpio. I'm so damn serious. Um, but fun is like the next, the next generation of like what I'm exploring. Um, but community for sure. I mean, my whole life is based on the precipice of like, what if we had the village? Um, but number one was always raw truth. And the reason for this is because when I had my son, um, that whole story is for another podcast and has been on many other podcasts, but that uh, was a very traumatic time for me, my firstborn. Um, Only, I mean, mostly because of just expectation of what I thought it would look like to be a mother, to, you know, what motherhood would feel and look like, et cetera. Um, But I was so ashamed that I hadn't lived up to this dream that I was holding around what motherhood was supposed to look like. And that, that was a place where I wasn't really able to forgive myself very easily. And it's taken years to even get to the place that I've gotten to now with it. And there's still areas Mm -hmm. I'm still working on forgiving. But um, one thing I knew was that if I was actually going to serve in this area and be valuable (laughs) in, in serving this area, I had to go down all of the taboo roads of what women are embarrassed to talk about, ashamed to talk about, kind of keep to themselves or don't want to call out about motherhood and just put it all out there. And mm-hmm. not in a way of like, I'm, a, I'm complaining about my life and here's another post about that, but more in a way of like, hey, this is happening to me, you too. And honestly, it's the one way that I've called in the tribe that I have around working with moms and the women who, who, you know, I don't want to say follow me. I want to say run with me, you know, like a wolf pack. Mm. Cause like yeah. we're all on the same page. Like I'm not leading anything they don't know about. I learn more from the moms I coach the night than they learn from me sometimes. And, um, I think living in that level of truth has just literally freed me. Mm. And when I first going back to the full circle of the question you asked of how I fell in love with coaching, the very first coaching program I did with Scott, I, um, my commitment was, I'm a commitment to self-trust. And the one thing I had to stop doing was being someone new for every person I met in order to fit into whatever box they held for me so that I could belong. And the same thing is true with motherhood. It's like, it can be so alienating if we don't check all these boxes of Mm -hmm. like, oh, I have it. I'm handling it. I have, I'm the boss mom. I'm holding it all. I can have it all. All the myths that just really make us suffer (laughs) sometimes. Mm -hmm. And so, um, I realized that if I, if I was holding shame and I wasn't speaking my shame and I wasn't sharing that shame on a very public and visceral level, 
then I was not free. And so I want to give permission to all of these other moms out there to say, yeah, like I'm there too. And my kid did this the other day. And the more I do it, the less judgment I feel on myself. And the more I see these other women getting freed as well. And so that's just huge to me. Like, I don't ever want to lie. I, I don't like hop into my programs, you know, and like, that's some, you know, you've heard me, you know, definitely share. I don't, I don't go in there and just like process all the things I need to process because that's not really the leader I want to be. Mm-hmm. Um, I process those things in the way I need to with who I need to process them with. But I do share candidly if something's also happening with me that it is relatable so that there's not this like guru thing happening that mm-hmm. is basically separating women from their own self-worth and making them feel like they're not enough. Mm-hmm. So I think that's both of those, just the, all of those aspects is the importance of truth. It's like truth always, the truth will set you free. I mean, it's such a cliche, but it's so true. Mm-hmm. And so it's really a gift to myself more than anything and the permission for women to gift themselves the same. Mm. And I mean, I can, I speak from experience that I was struggling with something in this program um, around feeding my little one. And you gave an example of something that gave me permission to take the pressure off myself in that. And I just felt this weight shift. Oh, good. <laughs> like it was amazing. It, it was amazing because it's something that even since my first son, I've held on to like this shame around and this guilt around. And yeah seeing someone else that has like been in that situation and experienced that and gave you gave me the permission it was huge so yeah, yeah. And can I can I share what it's about or is that personal? yeah of course of course absolutely yeah we were just having a, a, a back and forth about um breastfeeding and formula feeding mm-hmm. and like how the whole breast is best slogan can really be super triggering because like we're both yeah. breastfeeders and we're, we're doing our best to breastfeed, but as many of you moms might know out there, breastfeeding is its own journey with its own hardships, and it's so gnarly. And sometimes we just can't produce at the level we need to produce, meaning like not just with milk, but like keeping up with breastfeeding. Yeah. It's hard. And so, you know, I was like, yeah, if I give my kid formula and, you know, like I still give my kid formula and I supplement and I breastfeed as best as I can and I do my best in both areas. And it's just like, what a damn relief for like formula to not be this like, you know, like horrifically evil syrup that we're like getting our child to like poison their whole identity or whatever, you know, it's like, it's, yeah, it's, it's funny how the birth world can like, like want to create things for us to get back to the natural and to the elemental and what a great intention that is. And then like how much shame can be created in that process it's so interesting it's in so the birth, interesting. In the birth world like home birth versus c-section birth versus formula versus breastfeeding is just like oh my god as if we're all supposed to have the same you know journey um or there's like one great way to do it it's just hilarious to me yeah <laughs> it is and i've noticed i've noticed myself go out and because i i solely express so um, I've noticed myself go out with a bottle and feel shame because I'm not like don't have my like little girl on me, you know. Um, yeah, very interesting. Right, and then in some circles you go out and breastfeed, and people are like, "Cover yourself up." It's just it's like there's like no winning, you know. <laughs> no, there's not. But yeah, I mean, I think if you are taking care of your child, you're winning. 
yeah. <laughs> you know, like, and you're such a beautiful mom. You're such a, your oh, kids are so you. adorable <laughs> and they look very happy to me. So I think you're probably doing a bang up job. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so how would you, what would you say to um, someone who's like feeling resistance or anxiety or nervousness about showing up like living their raw truths? I mean, it's a very confronting thing. I'm, I'm not really proposing that living your raw truth all the time is easy. Mm-hmm. You know, like there's times where I sit and I'm just like, oh God, should I share this? Or <laughs> is this like, who's this going to set off? And like, what, what's the thing that's going to come back with this? And, or will I lose credibility? Like as a coach for mm-hmm. mothers, if I just tell someone like how I like literally had, you know, a breakdown and no idea what I'm doing and then I remember I'm not a parent coach. <laughs> I never claimed to be, you yeah. know? Um, and I also have to remember that like the more that I can touch into like the humanity of our experiences in the area that I'm really committed to, like the better leader I am. So I think it really comes back to really asking oneself, like, what are you committed to in your life? You know, mm-hmm. because sometimes like, there, you know, I know someone who's so committed to the earth. She's like an earth guardian, a great great friend of mine. Um, And she's great with recycling and composting all these things, you know, and, um, and, you know, like when I'm, when I'm around her, like I, sometimes I like won't tell her the whole truth around like how many paper towels I use or like (laughs) (laughs) what I'm like using at home and like the products. And I'm like, why am I lying about that? And it's just I'm, I'm like, I'm like, oh, I'm feeling shame, you know, because like, there's a part of me that really, I really care about those things. And I want to be better about that. And I'm not finding I'm so like 100% with it, but I do my best, you know, like I always, mm. I'm always trying my best there, you know, or doing my best there. Um, but I'm not committed. Maybe I'm not committed to that in the same way that I'm committed to like the mother, you know, so mm. it's just like, that's so it's interesting but I do think that as a whole as a person to be committed to my truth it has to be in every area you know Mm. so I just I think that whoever's struggling in this area it's kind of like well okay like there it is good to I it's good to look at what the cost is of what you're hiding you know, like sometimes we hide things out for a good reason. And sometimes there's a time and a place to let those things out um, and a way to do it. You know, I'm not saying mm-hmm. you just to be like, blah, 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 you know, like mm-hmm. all over the place. Um, I do think it's, it does take, you know, coming from a centered place and like really being tactful in how you present your truth um, mm-hmm. so that it's not, not to like not alienate people necessarily, but to just keep it your own truth not like the truth for everyone, Mm. you know? So I think people get scared because they think like, oh, I'm going to tell the truth about this. And then that's who I'm going to be to these people. And, and they're going to make it wrong and they're going to assess me, you know, Mm. we talk about assessments in our group and they're just going to have a lot of opinions and assessments about me. And that's probably true. You know, people are going to have assessments about you when you speak your truth. And you just get to decide like, well, who are the people that I want to be in my circle? Who are the people that I want, whose truth I want to value? If you're somebody who values every single person's truth, 
you're probably living in a lot of cages and it's a losing game because then you're, you're bending yourself to everyone's expectations. And that's a pretty imprisoned life in my opinion. Mm. Um, but it's a choice. You could choose that life and play it safe, you know? Um, and I think when someone can come out and just be like, this is who I am. Do people like really usually go like, Oh God. I, I mean, I think people really applaud people who do that in a way that's, like I said, tactful. And when I say tactful, I mean, I don't mean like painting a really pretty picture for everyone. I mean, not, like I said, not making it everyone else's truth. Like I am this person and this is how I am. And so like, I'm stand for everyone being this person. Mm. You don't need to bring everyone with you in your truth. Like I live in a lot of the shadow spaces of motherhood because I feel like a lot of women need to explore those places. And I, I, I pride myself on being a safe place for women to be in shadow work around motherhood. Mm. But not everyone feels like that when they become a mom. Sometimes their truth is like, this is the best thing that ever happened to me. I'm so, this is like the easiest thing I've ever done. I'm so happy and blissed out. Mm. And that's their truth. And if they don't make that my truth, I'm inspired by that. I'm like, wow, that's really beautiful. I haven't experienced that entry into motherhood, but it's so wonderful to know that like that's someone's journey and it wasn't mine. And sometimes that stings, but that doesn't mean that my truth is any less valid than their truth mm -hmm. or like that we can't both have our truth. Um, you know, I really don't like when, when, when I go, like when I was really depressed, I would go to this place where I literally thought that everyone felt the way I felt about motherhood. I was like, oh yeah, everyone's suffering. This is hard. No one told us, but is everyone suffering? <laughs> yeah. And that wasn't true, you know, but it was something I started expressing as my truth. And when I started expressing that truth, other moms would come up and say like, actually my C-section was like a beautiful experience. And I was like, oh, wow. Okay. Mm -hmm. And at first it was shocking, which is, sounds strange, but it's just because I was so embedded in my own experience. It started to help me to hear other people's truth too. Mm -hmm. And my biggest commitment as a woman who's working with mothers is I never judge the way mother's mother, like maybe I'll have some assessments. Sure. We all do. But I'm, I never go down the road of like, they're wrong. I can't believe they don't co-sleep. I can't believe they did not sleep train. I, I never like, never. I'm like, how you doing? Is that working for you? It's making you happy mom. Fantastic. Carry on. You know? Yeah. So I think people who are afraid it's, I think it's just about belonging and, and just about being who you really are and accepted for who you really are. So just, I mean, I would ask yourself the question, like, am, are you twisting yourself into a pretzel in order to make sure you're not kicked out of the tribe, mm -hmm. you know, or are you really allowing yourself to be fully expressed from an I place, not an us place, but from an I place and seeing who is going to be attracted to that? Cause that's really going to be like, in my opinion, the freest life you can live. Mm. And it doesn't mean you have to necessarily go on like Instagram or Facebook and shout it from the rooftops to everyone you know. You could just totally that people like in your close circle and stuff. It's, yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, you don't, that is the thing. It's like, um, I remember there was this point, I'll share a little personal story with my mentor like whoa, two years ago. We had uh, coffee and we still keep in touch and talk and check in. And I was like, you know, Scott, I'm thinking like, I really want to come out as like 
my spiritual self, you know, <laughs> I have this like beautiful spiritual side and like, I don't really show it in my coaching and I feel like I'm just going to come out and put it out there on social media. <laughs> he was like, you know, and he said this in his like brilliant way. He told me a little parable, like a true story of what he experienced about him and his spiritual mentor and his spiritual mentor, um, being in this situation where, I mean, his spiritual mentor is like this incredible man. I've met him. He's incredible. He wrote this mm-hmm. book um, that's like so beautiful and he's just this amazing indigenous man. And he, um, he told me the story about how this man introduced himself as a carpenter to some people who he just felt he didn't want to have to explain his whole spiritual path to because they were having all these conversations of spirituality. And, and Scott said, you know, in that moment, I really respected that because it's like he didn't have to say like oh i am this indigenous man who leads all these ceremonies i'm like this is who i am spiritually so let me show you who i am um because it was in the space you know he literally just was like i'm just gonna introduce myself so like these people can meet me and like maybe i'll share that if they come across my path and and that's something i want to share he really held that as sacred and i feel like sometimes we feel in this like social age, social media age that we have to come out and just say everything how it is. And what he taught me was like, you know, we can be who we are just by being, just by showing up, just by living who we are. Just like if we want to be an honest person, just showing up honestly in conversation and then letting that seep through and then people getting it by who you're being, not who you say you're being, but like just how and who you're being. Just keep being consistent. Just keep showing up. My husband is one of the most integral men I've ever met because this man will be his word no matter what. Sometimes I freaking hate it because he's like, I got to go drop off this firewood for this ceremony in Santa Cruz. And I, I was my word. I got to be my word. I'm like, I know, but you're going to be literally driving for 12 hours. I'm alone with the kids. And like, you can't, just, can't you just cancel and be like, hey, there's wood up there? And he's like, no. Because I, if I'm not my word, what am I, you know? And yeah. so everyone counts, like everyone counts on my husband when they, they ask him to do big things because he's proven that he'll show up and now people trust him as reliable, you know, mm-hmm. just by who he is, just by who he's being, not because he's like, I'm an integrity man or I'm a leader in this community. He's just showing it, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think that it's not always necessary, like you said, to like live our truth um, in order to prove our truth. Mm. I think it's like in order to be in service to who we need to like actually be so that we're not hiding. And like you said, that can just be to our family and friends and we can just, you know, like continue as we are in presenting what we will present on social media, because maybe that's something that's from our truth, but it's not like we need to like splatter our every detail onto our posts. Yeah. Sometimes we do. (laughs) <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, I do both. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, and on a slightly different segue tact, I guess now, what um, hurdles have you personally faced and how have you overcome them? Oh, well, there's been many because I'm 38. <laughs> but um, I think... The biggest hurdle has been around motherhood. Like mm-hmm. this is, I feel like the kind of the bigger karma of my life and why it's what I do in the world. Um, I think that, you know, like one of my other mentors, Julio Elias said a long time ago, we're always coaching from our biggest wound. 
you know, and we always hear this in the industry. Um, but that is actually kind of true for me as far as like not having that dream realized in the way that I thought. And like, how do I make, how do I make that okay? Like, how do I make it okay that that didn't go down the way that I thought it was going to go down? Mm. And the way that I uh, dealt with that in the best way, the best way I can say possible in a succinct way <laughs> is I be, made it become my learning center. Like motherhood has become my dojo, like where mm. I train every day. Um, my beautiful friend, Tamara Ashleman, just had a conversation with me today and she calls it, um, oh God, what did she call it? It was so awesome. And I was like, that is brilliant. She said, um, you know, like when athletes train at altitude yeah, and they, and they do that at altitude so that when they come out of altitude, they're like incredible down on the ground when they have all the oxygen, right? She, so she calls motherhood altitude training. <laughs> she's like, if you can do everything in this, you know, like in this realm, then you can do anything in life. Like, <laughs> biggest training ground there is. Um, so I just turned that message to the message, as they say. And, um, and it's really been, you know, even when I was in it, when I was like at my most depressed and my most intense part of postpartum depression and anxiety, there was always a knowing inside of me that was like, okay, like this is, this is my vision, my next vision quest, you know, like this is my, the, my gift, the medicine that I'm bringing to my people. And this has to be something that I continue to shape from or else it's going to totally consume me and I'm going to stay a victim forever, you know? Mm -hmm. So I just think that anytime there is anything that comes up in your life, if you create it to be a learning ground and a, like an area for growth, it's simple. You know, a lot of people say it, but it's really for me true you know, for me, mm -hmm. I think, I think there's, it's, it's been a process, you know, like my son's four now and I have another baby now and, um, it continues to still be that learning ground. And I like that in a way because it, it means like, oh, I didn't tackle that and then got it all right. And then had another baby. It's like, no, it's is just bringing like the second phase of that learning and she's bringing it in a very different and gentle way. Yeah. Um, but she's still illuminating my relationship with Sitka, my son, you know, and that has a whole other level and charge to it now as he, you know, is dealing with not being the little prince of the family and not getting all my attention. And, um, and I have to split myself in two for them. And, uh, and it still continues to be this question in my mind, you know, in fact, having the second baby was um, even more, challenging in some ways because uh even though I didn't have the like the major depression and all the, the trauma this time because I've really had to sink in deeper to being mother you know mm -hmm. and and what that looks like and what that means and um I've had to be more patient with the service and the service and the medicine and the, the service and the medicine is what kind of got me out so much of the funk with Sitka so it's like, I couldn't turn to that as quickly this time. I had to really actually sit in the motherhood seat and really see like, okay, without running to work, how can I really be here and really be what I say I am when I go back to work? And I'm still in that right now, you know, even though I'm back to work, as you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, but it's, it's good. It's really rich. And it keeps me waking up every morning.
Mm, beautiful. Um, and what has made you feel inspired or makes you feel like your best self? Ooh. Honestly, it's the when I have wins with my kids. Mm-hmm. When I can, um, when I can stop taking it personally, you know, and I can really pull out of that victim mode and just be like, okay, like my kid didn't just spit at me, which happens by the way, like mm-hmm. literally he'll spit in my face. Yeah. <laughs> it's such yeah. a challenge sometimes, but, um, okay. He didn't do that because he's trying to be an, an a-hole <laughs> doing that because he's hurting and like, if I can just get out of the way and really show up and if he feels like he's heard, it is the most inspiring part of my entire month mm. because these little humans, I, I'm like real good at talking to adults, you know, like that yeah. took me a while, but I've, I feel like I'm, my communication and my languaging is very, I'm very particular and on point with that, with the communication I have with adults and then came kids <laughs> <laughs> And then I was like, oh gosh, how do I do this? Because a four-year-old is just intelligent enough to have a conversation, but to not like grasp the actual like back and forth of what it means, right? To be in an actual conversation. So I really just get to like tap into like my bigger senses as a healer and see like, okay, he's trapped in his pain. He's trapped in his hurt. I can't use words. I can't all even use play in this moment. So it's just me. It's literally me. It's how I show up, how I center myself, how I am a container for him that's going to count. Mm. And when I can, when I can be that container and be that leader, because I, I leader, being a leader as, as a mother is the hardest leadership edge I've ever had. And I've had a lot of leadership edges, but um, when I can win in that in that creating that container, that's the most inspiring part of my day and week and year. (laughs) Mm. Yeah. I feel that too. Um, Yeah. It can be so tricky to to navigate and I'm, because Cole is four as well. So I'm totally navigating (laughs) that and just starting Kindy as well, navigating his emotions around that, which is really interesting because I've experienced him not necessarily speaking or saying what he of course he doesn't really voice what's going on so I just like fishing <laughs> trying, to, trying to figure it out yeah and in um, a few minutes my my son will probably run in here and like want all of my attention so just be ready for that okay <laughs> um and what are you curious about right now Ooh, fun question um I am so curious about, um, I am really curious about like trauma work. (laughs) Uh Um, I really, I want to dig deeper into um, trauma around postpartum time. Mm -hmm. And I like one of my passion projects that I've always wanted to do, which I get to do one day is I want to actually like maybe travel around the world, but definitely get in touch with, with cultures around the world and just see what all their postnatal practices are oh, and to yeah. see what women do and what, how women are held in different areas of the world to prevent women from going into d- deep and dark holes after becoming moms. And so that is a, a holding a lot of curiosity. 
Um, I'm very curious about where we're going to live next because my husband and I are considering leaving California and we've lived here our our whole couple lives. So that's exciting. We want to, we've always dreamt about having land and living in community with um, some family of ours, um, chosen family and regular family. Um, I am so curious about new ways in which our coaching industry can um, kind of emerge from a little bit of the the mundane kind of sameness, like, you know, it, I feel like it's gotten a little gray and, and dreary around like the offers being so similar and so repetitive. And I would love to see more creativity in how we produce results and connect with people. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm curious as to how that's going to shift because I feel that there's a little bit of a, a lull and that always produces a, a great breakdown for new emerging craft. Mm. Um, yeah, I think those are like my big ones right yeah, now. Amazing, amazing <laughs> things to be curious about. Um, and what's your favorite book and why? In just a few words. Oh, fiction or nonfiction? Oh, <laughs> either. I mean, I usually automatically think of nonfiction, but fiction's a good Yeah. Trip. Yeah. I mean, my all-time favorite nonfiction book was The Time Traveler's Wife. Okay. But I, I read that at a time where I moved to New York and I was in a very dreamy space when I was mm-hmm. 22, I think. Um, yeah. But I love that. I love that book. Um, and then, oh gosh, right now I'm on fire about this book, The Fourth Trimester by Kimberly Ann Johnson. Mm-hmm. It's, I mean, of course, my mom world. Um, it's such an innovative and incredible look at postpartum. And she talks a lot about the things I love, like rites of passage and mm-hmm. um, re- pelvic floor repair, which is actually like totally unknown in the United States. Whereas like in France, for example, they have, it's mm-hmm. part of what's covered and you're actually required to like go check that out. Um, yeah, it's really, it's a really revolutionary book. I also want to share another one that's actually been changing my life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And it's called How to Raise a Spirited Child for any parents out there who are like raising a child who has a lot of energy and is super sensitive. And this is my first child. You know, he's um, incredible, so creative, so intelligent, so full on. But like his, Mm -hmm. he requires a lot of really digging deep inside of myself. He's my karmic teacher forever. I love him so much. Um, so like it really, it's really been a beautiful handbook to really see the beauty of who he is and like that there's actually a little bit different rules that apply when you have a child that's at that level of energy um, and not like the child who thrives on cooperation and harmony. Like he actually thrives on, on <laughs> integrity yeah. and fight, you know? Yeah. So um, for the parents out there who have that child, you're not crazy. You're not a bad parent. Um, I have like a totally different child the second time who's totally different and um, I think just every child has its own flavor and gives mm. us what we need so that's another one of the books I'm really yeah I think really I might have to look that one up <laughs> <laughs> it's great um, yep <clears throat> excuse me um and then okay this is this is a fair few fun ones in here now but room Bye. desk or car which would you clean first wait which one sorry what room, were your choices like your room your desk or your car Oh, my room, my desk, or my car? My room. Yeah. I'm such a homebody. Yeah. <laughs> and I love my room so much. <laughs> yeah. And um, what profession other than your own would you love to attempt? 
Oh, chef. I would be a chef okay. in a minute. I love cooking. And I'm obsessed with Top Chef. And like, I always watch love and pretend shows. I'm one of them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, a chef or a midwife. But I can't stand the sight of blood. So in this lifetime, I will never be a midwife. Yeah. But um, I, yeah, those two, midwife or chef. I mean, cool. but chef, I would love to be a chef. I would just, the creativity involved in cooking is just so, I, I miss it because I'm so busy with the kids. It's hard to make really great meals, but I do my best. <laughs> yeah. um, and on a scale of one to 10, how weird are you? Oh, <laughs> kind of boring, I would say. Maybe a five. Yep. Well, it depends who you're asking. Yeah. Okay, so like really if you're asking a Californian, I'm pretty normal. But yeah. if you're asking someone, let's say, who's like a gun-toting Midwesterner, who's like a Christian, I am a 10. Weird. <laughs> like, super weird. I like go to sweat lodge, play, you know, like a TV ceremony. I, I like howl with the wind. I go to full moon things. I'm hippie for life. Like definitely weird for those people. <laughs> so yeah. yeah. Um, and what do you wish you'd known when you first started out? And I guess that could be in terms of coaching or in terms of even being a mother, whatever mm-hmm. comes a light to be with that question. What do I wish I had known? I guess that I didn't have to prove myself. Mm-hmm. I think I spent a good chunk of the first part of my coaching career and even a good chunk again once I like declared my path as a motherhood coach, you know, proving, excuse me, proving myself and like really not from a place of like, I'm good enough, but from a place of like, I know I can help you. <laughs> you know? yeah. I get so impassioned of like, I can help you. Like I literally am like, I am that weirdo. I'm a 10 on the weirdo scale in the grocery store when a woman's pregnant. And I'm like, oh my God, what are you do? How can, can I support <laughs> you? Like, I'm just obsessed with like helping new moms, you know? Yeah. So it's, it's just, yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think now I just let things flow from like how much I actually care and it's so peaceful and I'm really enjoying my work now in a, in a way I never have. And so it, it feels so good and clean. And, you know, I just, I know I can't be everything to, to everyone, even my clients. And like, I know I can only show up when I can show up. And when I do, I just give it a thousand percent, you know? So I think the proving, I would love to just kick that to the curb mm-hmm. from the get go, but yeah, that's been a, a nice decade of learning (laughs) yeah and and what would you say say to that that fresh young Carrie Carrie that's just like starting out Mm. I would just say god and I would say this to everyone like I would say listen you were born with the medicine that you were meant to share it will (laughs) reveal itself the more you just honor who you are and you've already had it this full time so you don't have to do anything to actually let it breathe and live. It'll take on a life of its own. You just keep listening and following your nose and just keep loving and keep, keep caring the way you do and everything will reveal itself in time. Mm-hmm. Like there's nothing you have to figure out. That would have been a huge help for past life. <laughs> yeah. I think, think that that could be useful for so many people. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> um, and if you could remove all barriers and constraints, what project would you love to work on and want to be known for? Mm, I was thinking about this the other day. I would love to have like a huge conference 
of like birth workers and light workers that were all focused on motherhood mm-hmm. and just have like literally a, a, like a weekend where women can come and just receive like all of the healings, the teachings, the lovings of like all of these women who have been in the healing arts of motherhood, you know, mm-hmm. and I one day I'll do that, but it's a big endeavor. So yeah, I'm, I'm waiting till my baby's at least a year or two <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> where that happens. So, and I think my big baby just walked in the door. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I'm just wrapping up now. So there's just a, a couple more, if you can squeeze them in. Yeah. Um, I mean, we might get a little voice coming in, but that's okay with me. If it's okay. okay that's fine. That's, that's my life. <laughs> um, what's the best compliment you've ever received? Mm. You know what? It literally just happened yesterday. My husband looked up when I came in the door with the baby and I'm like, okay, let's take you out of your thing and change your diaper and then we'll get you fed. And he looked up at me. He goes, you're such a good mom. Mm. And I was like, <laughs> I literally was like about to cry. Hey, sweetheart. <laughs> oh my goodness. I'm just finishing this call. Oh my God. How exciting. <laughs> oh my gosh. I can't wait. To, can we read these in a second? I'm finishing up this call. You could stay. You could stay. Thank you, Maggie. Um, where were we? <laughs> this is, I love it. I absolutely look amazing. Oh my gosh. What were we literally talking about? I forgot. That's so funny. Um, the best compliment you ever received. Oh, yes, that I'm a good mom. That's it. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> That's always the one when people give me credit for coaching or whatever it may be. I'm like, oh, thank you. You know, I really take it in. But when someone says, wow, I really admire the way you mother, it's just every time I'm like, oh, thank you. Like, I really take that yeah. one in. What's one thing your work's done for someone, for a client that you didn't expect? Oh, that's a great question. Hmm. I'm going like going through my Rolodex of people I've worked with now in my head. Um, let's see. Oh, that's a tough one to think about. I'm like, what do I think? you know, when you go blank on your accomplishments, but then you, you go, you can drown here, babe. But then like when you do something good, you're like, oh, what was that thing? Uh, <laughs> Um, let me think about that. Um, you know, it's kind of like a theme more than it is like one thing, Sure. which is like when I was really like when I was leading more leadership work for mothers, it was more leadership intensive, you know, and I would like really get them into their vision and help them accomplish these visions. It was like when like the biggest compliment for me was like when they would say like, wow, like that wasn't at all what I wanted with my life. Like all I really wanted was to actually like, like I feel like I trust myself again, you know? And I feel like I, I like trust spirit and I trust everything and I trust the unknown. And that to me is just like, oh, the best. And that's been, that's been like kind of the theme of a few, quite a few women that I've worked with and that's always my favorite result I did have this one woman who wanted to like break out before I was coaching moms only but she wanted to break out in a franchise um she had a Pilates studio she wanted like and I was like okay well I'll help you with that you know and that's kind of where we started and then she started having these honest conversations with her whole family and like 
just cleaning house of like becoming her authentic self, like really just living her Ross truth, like we were talking about. Yeah. And then she was like, I don't care about the franchise. All I want to do is continue doing this in my life. I feel the most free, most amazing wow. I've ever felt in my life. And I was like, <laughs> oh my God. And this is someone I'd known for quite a while. So it was such a gift to be yeah. that work with her. Wow. What a she. Um, and <laughs> what does elevating your life and soul mean to you? Hmm. You know, I think for me, that's like just the, it's just like an everyday thing. It's like mm-hmm. elevating my life. Like it's some people look at elevating as like, oh, I'm up leveling or I'm getting to that next phase. And like, that's important to me too. But it's, if it's not on the daily for me, if then I, it puts me in this future orientation and then slack orientation. Mm-hmm. So for me, like when I can live every day feeling satisfied for a week or more, I'm like, oh, that's living my best mm-hmm. life. Because sometimes that's hard, you know, like sometimes that can be tricky to like be in that state, that high vibration. But when I feel like I win, when I'm like in a a good vibrational state for like two weeks solid (laughs) and then, you know, sometimes that gets cracked and then I have to get back on the horse, but I feel like that's just life and that's, that's the richness of life. Yeah. So, so elevating is always for me about like, okay, how can I live like the next few days at, at my very best and staying so present to those days and that's always like my biggest goal is like just how present can I be with my joy? Yeah. Oh, I love that. Um, and then one last, I'm so sorry. You can bring her. Sorry. One second. Thank you so much. I'm sorry. I went over. (laughs) I got all the babies now. (laughs) Oh, beautiful. Aren't you cute? (laughs) Um, I just have one last question before you can, um, I'll get you to share how people can connect with you. Um, okay. And that's just, is there anything else you wish I'd asked that I didn't? Good question. You know, not really. <laughs> I, mean, I think your questions are amazing. And Thank you. I feel like we can't, came to like some really beautiful conversations. And yeah, um, yeah no, I feel, I feel like this was a great, a great chat. <laughs> right I loved it too I just I absolutely loved it and how can people connect with you I mean I'm mostly on social media so um at Carrie Azuma on Instagram and Carrie Azuma on Facebook I do have a group called the Conscious Mothers Co-op in Facebook I'm not mm-hmm. in it as much as I used to be but there are some great moms in there that if you know you wanted a village to connect to that's a beautiful group yeah um and right now I'm leading a program with you yes. uh, which is oh. called the Integrated Woman which is so fun um, and I'm just really loving that exploration myself since it's our first round of doing it. Um, but you know, mostly like, I feel like I'm just, I, I get to be like just a, a little voice or big voice, I guess, sometimes for, for the mamas out there who are not getting to speak into their truth. So if you're really looking for some cathartic love around your motherhood experience, I just highly suggest hanging out with me on social media and reach out too, because I love hearing from people personally. Yeah, amazing. And I'll link all this in the show notes so people can easily connect with you. Thank awesome. you so much. I've loved this. You've it's been it. amazing. I'm really, really grateful. Oh, um, my pleasure, Mala. Thank you so I, much. Yeah. Um, and I hope you have a really amazing day. Thank you. Thanks. I will see you soon. <laughs> yep. 
Thank you so much for listening to today's show. If you like it, subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you love this episode, please give it an honest review on iTunes and let me know what you loved and what you want more of. Your feedback helps me truly elevate the show into something that really serves you and allows me to keep pouring my heart and soul into it. This is for you. Let's rise together. And remember, know your value, know your worth. I love you, beautiful soul.